You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about King Crimson, Larks, Tongues, and Aspic. In the room, I have Rob, yes! <laughs> Ben, wow, wow. and John. Hello. Larks, Tongue, and Aspic <laughs> is the fifth studio album by the English progressive rock band King Crimson, released on the 23rd of March, 1973, through Island Records in the UK and Atlantic in the US. King, it was uh, produced by King Crimson, and genre is progressive rock. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> All music review, Bruce Etter. King Crimson, reborn yet again. The then newly configured band makes its debut with a violin, courtesy of David Cross, sharing center stage with Robert Fripp's guitars and his Mellotron, which is pushed into the background. The music is the most experimental of Fripp's career up to this time, though some of it is actually dated. Back to the tail end of the Boz, Burrell, Ian Wallace, and Mel Collins lineup. And John Wenton is the group's strongest singer bassist since Greg Lake's departure three years earlier. What's more, this lineup quickly established itself as a powerful performing unit, working in a more purely experimental, less jazz-oriented vein than its immediate predecessor. Quote, Outer Limits music was how one reviewer referred to it, mixing cross demonic fiddling with shrieking electronics, Bill Beford's astounding dexterity at the drum kit, and Jamie Muir's melodic and unusually understated percussion. Wenton's thundering yet melodic bass and Fripp's guitar, which generated sounds ranging from traditional classic and soft pop jazz licks to hair-cutting electronic flourishes. All right, what do we think of King Crimson, Lark's Tongues in Aspic? Uh, this album fucking is <laughs> awesome. I read so many reviews saying, like, well, you can't tap toe to it, and it The other one was like, you can't even wash your dishes to it. Yeah, and it's like... So fucking what, man? <laughs> I, I will I will do both <laughs> at the same time because of the polyrhythms. <laughs> I figured it out. Yeah, well, fucking Bill Bruford uh, was bitching about yes, like on that last record, saying like I can't stick with this. Everything's charted. There's just like there's too much structure involved in this band. It's boring. Gets the phone call from Robert Fripp. I was like. Yeah, maybe this King Crimson has something I can do. And then lo and behold, he just fucking annihilates everything. This is the heaviest, uh, like, of the prog stuff that we've heard thus yeah. far. Yeah, I would say so. Like, the the shit that Robert Fripp is doing on guitar is just mean. Yeah. So I, good. Yeah, I was surprised to hear it retain the sort of, like, heaviness, the sort of heavy metal that was in uh, the first Crimson. King Crimson. Court of the Crimson yeah. King. And that that yeah. sounds like it, it sounds like light work at this point. Child's toys. Well, the, I, mean, the, <laughs> I think aside from uh, Bruford like coming on board, like the best thing that happened was them losing the flautist because yeah. that violin player is oh. just adding a brand new layer of like 
rad. Cross like, is amazing. And it's so like it it's it it's on such a uh, the, the way this is recorded, it's on such a smaller scale. Like the it, it sounds like four dudes just laying it down for the most part. It doesn't have all the big like uh, uh, symphonic flourishes that yeah, were just laid, Mellotron. They, they, yeah, they like, laid off the Mellotron, yeah. for sure. It's still there. It's there. Yeah. You can hear it. But it's but not like everywhere. this track of Mellotron and this track yeah. of Mellotron like, try to build out like a more symphonic thing. It's it's just a more uh, cohesive uh, like vision and just wacky as fuck. I, yeah. I, 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 I am so happy this record came into my life. Yeah. <laughs> How about Jamie Muir's Trash Drums? They are, um, they are awesome. Like, I'm industrial, like, sounds like pieces of industry. <laughs> they, 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 they is. Yeah. Like, he, like he's hitting a sheet of metal. <laughs> yeah. Like just go out to the junkyard, come back with new stuff to play. Those, uh, the thumb pianos, the Mumbiras at the beginning of, uh, the first track are really cool. And then, yeah, just, just, just trash drums. <laughs> it's, it's cool. He, he's weird, but like, uh, teamed up with, uh, uh, Bruford. Yeah. You know, just like those, those two, Peas in the pod complimenting each other. Buford keeping beats. You're just throwing trash at more trash. <laughs> and apparently sometimes working on paintings. It, it's <laughs> you never know. I mean, you gotta you gotta balance it out. A little bit of a little bit of the peanut butter with that chocolate, you know? How do you how do you describe your career? Well, sometimes I I just bang trash around and other times I paint. It's a good it's, it's, yeah. it's actually it's surprisingly lucrative. He's got to do something while the violin uh, violin player is is putting down the nice beautiful uh, little strings to soothe you in between. Yeah, bashing yeah. cans. I think that's you're right. The violin really hones it in. It brings it into this like classical element of well, even like and I know we're still on the same track. Yeah, but, like the uh, thirteen like, minute. At, opener like, uh, come come like four minutes in i think just like yeah like just on violin like it probably doubled a few times but like it, it just sounds huge yeah plus it sounds it sounds mean i mean <laughs> and that dude didn't do anything like that we would ever listen to beforehand like he had one band that was and then he got thrown into this band it like his his like solo work is I couldn't find anything that like, David Cross's solo work is not uh, anywhere to be found. As, uh, in, I prefer his work with Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah me too. It's really his best work. You're right. I walked into that. <laughs> um, How do you feel about the middle? Okay, so it has it is bookended by Lark's Tongues and Aspect Part One, and then Part Two of five. Of five, yeah. <laughs> Later two on, on this album, yeah. Two on this album. <laughs> But those like really they said those represent the band as a whole like that. This is what they this is their, you know, thing. Those mm-hmm. are probably my favorite tracks on this album. I was going to ask about the, the Book of Saturday. The, the, yeah, Book of Saturday is beautiful. It's really nice. So how do you feel about those middle tracks? Because before when we were talking about Court of the Crimson King, we kind of thought uh, it kind of fell off a bit. On the melodic no, it, middle. it only fell off because they needed to fill out the rest. Oh, of the right, record. right, right. And they they You're were right. doing that improv like oh, yeah. shit, where, which, where each one of them takes a section or whatever. Yeah, right? that was that was that was, oh, yes. that was yes. No, but they, no, no, because Bruford had a song and he was in yes. No, no, we're no, talking that, about this Cr- is Crimson King. It, yeah. it was Moon uh, Moonchild. Moonchild. Yeah, 
Uh, and they did some improv in the middle, and we all kind of said, oh, "Yeah, I was like, what, what about what, this? What are you guys, what are you guys, Why are you, are you guys doing this?" And then we read that, "Oh, they they, they had to. <laughs> they literally did that <laughs> they, just to mess around." I these middle tracks are good. Yeah, none of the middle tracks like made me feel, like I, I. The only thing that like uh, confused me was that. Uh, they're so good that a song called The Talking Drum actually ended up being like one of my favorite tracks on the record. <laughs> yeah, it didn't start off strong for me. Uh, no, but then... But it gets holy shit, really it, it, good. It shreds at around 5 minutes and 30 seconds. Like, that's where I think it like really starts to hit. That song's intense. Yeah, it, it sure is. is. <laughs> what do you guys think about all of the weird uh like tape samples that like are popping up like all of that stuff is like precursor to pink floyd using it um, unless pink floyd is recording right now at the exact same time that this record came out like there's these incredibly hi-fi like tape like samples that are coming in just like of like Someone talking. Oh, whatever. yeah. They took that from a Scottish radio play. Yeah. Like the the one where it's like, can be hung from the neck until mm-hmm. you are dead or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, it was Ken interesting. Was, Ken was using tape samples. Not like this. All right. Yeah. Um, like, the, I, I'm not talking tape splicing. I'm talking like hi-fi recorded like, oh, there's a weird interjection of, of sound. Um, there's that, which I found interesting. Also, the uh, so weird, like stereo panned like... Like, yeah, wet mud. Wet, wet mud. That's like wet mud. Yeah. Um, so uh, I will say that that was recorded, uh, or this album was recorded in January, February of '73, uh, and Dark Side was recorded June of '72 to January of '73. So. That's a long uh, recording time. It is, but that album is especially since like what three years ago, bands were putting out two albums a year. Unless Wait, you're so CCR, then it's three. So Dark Side was before this. They started recording it for this before this, but at this point, they are still recording it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It actually came out, uh, yeah, right before this album, which is probably why this album is not more well known because. Uh, Dark Side came out at the 1st of March, and this came out at the 23rd of March. Oh, Dark Side is more accessible. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more accessible. <laughs> Most things are more accessible than Lark's Tongues and Aspic. Man. But still, good album. Yeah. What a good album. Yeah. Uh, also, Easy Money really does have the same cadence as Money. Which, I guess, since they came out around the exact same time, there's no way there would have been like overlap. Not really. Unless that's one of the tracks that Pink Floyd recorded a year before. It <laughs> <laughs> was out playing it. Well, this one was... Uh, they, this is the only track on the record where all of them like kind of came in and like it was more of a, uh, a unit doing it as opposed to Fripp laying down like, this is the song. This is the song. Play some weird drums. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crank that ratchet a bit. Somewhere in the middle. 
There's like yeah. there's one there's a few parts where there's like like a big like drum fill and in the middle of it's like <laughs> <laughs> I see you Muir. Just waiting for the perfect time to crank that ratchet. <laughs> I'm on the auxiliary. <laughs> I want to see and arts and crafts. I, I, I really want to see like his like stage setup, just like a table full of toys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got your vibra slaps. You got your ratchets. I've seen those bands before, <laughs> where there's like a percussionist, but they have no traditional like drums or percussion in any way. Yeah, you got your pieces of old rusty metal. Yep. So, do you think that this record is? Too far out there for the 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 squares, like oh for the squares, absolutely. I mean, Prague's they, not for squares. Prague's, Prague's for trapezoids. There's, there's, nothing, you can, there's I, nothing you can hang your hat on. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's no singles on this record. You're right. No, you're not gonna. There's I mean, not a single. There's not even really a, a book, hook. Book of Saturday would be the only yeah. you could kind of get away with a single on. Maybe Easy Money. <sighs> yeah, it's still eight minutes long. Yeah, I mean, Freebird definitely was. <laughs> But that's Freebird. Yeah. Freebird is the exception that makes the rule. Mm-hmm. 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 That's true. There was a plane full of troops named after him. <laughs> Do we know how this album sold or anything? I mean, like, speaking of squares, like, who, who bought oh, this? Oh, Larks? Man, this is pretty similar to the cadence of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just all those toys. Boring. <laughs> 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 it reached 61 on the Billboard 200. Most fun yeah. job in rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had like a musical saw and shit. I mean, he's just doing whatever the fuck he wanted. He's got all of his toys. Yeah. His job was to bring the toys. He did. And the trash. <laughs> <laughs> when he ran out of toys, he made them out of trash. <laughs> So what's your preferred uh, Lark's Tongue and Aspic? Is it part one or two? For me, it's one. Yeah? Yeah, I really like two. Like, two almost gives me, like, elements of Helmet and some other industrial at times, mm-hmm. which I really like. But if I had to pick one, I'm going to pick part one because of it's just, like, Sabbath chugs. <laughs> and then the blending of the beautiful violin and then kind of the interesting uh, synth ending of it. Like, yeah. it's just as a piece, like, I feel like it gave me, well, plus, fuck, thumb pianos. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some thumb pianos. And it cranks out a good, what, three minutes of them at the front end, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was it was a great, it has the best uh, sort of, like, build up. It has the sort of uh, peaks and valleys that, that you would want within the song. The structure of it is is amazing. So one for you as well? Yeah. I mean, I like two as well. I'd need to listen to them both they, a few more times. Yeah. Yeah. I think two is my favorite because it's more direct. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I picked up off of two, and I don't know if your, your tender ears did, I'm pretty sure that uh, Faith No More's Angel Dust, they dialed in the exact tone of that bass. Yeah. Like I, that is there's a lot of faith no more my patent influence from uh, King Crimson stuff. Yeah, I, I had no idea.
were saying Mr. Bungle, I mean, I can hear Primus mm-hmm. or any number of uh, those 90s bands that got real weird. Well, yeah, Prague is like a fine wine, you know, like you, you swirl it around and like, what am I, what am I tasting here? Some, some bungle, some, some primus. Like, what is, what's like, that? I'm, yeah. I'm glad I didn't get introduced to this earlier. Like, I think I would have, uh, like, we wouldn't be hanging out right now. <laughs> I've fall, fallen into this hole at, 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 at that tender age, man. I, there's no way in hell I would have ended up where I am right now had Lark's tongue and ass been entered my brain before I was pushing 40. You wouldn't have been ready. <laughs> no, not at all. Do you think it's better to look back on this then? Um, uh, no. I mean, like I, I can like build, like I, I can hear this and like you know use that like brand new knowledge and and writing future stuff. Like it, it, I'm. It's so strange to like hear a record that like actually like, you know, at this age like goes oh oh hey. I like music still. I le- I listened to a thing that's new to me and I liked it. Like officially, like I'll I'll, I'll continue listening to this record. It's it's that goddamn good. Um, yeah. But no, I, I don't I don't think that uh, <laughs> if if I had been listening to this when I was fifteen, I wouldn't have ended up where I am now. Yeah, yeah. Been a totally different road for me. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean that's part of the reason we're doing this project, right? Mm-hmm. It's to like, I'd never heard this album. Filling in a shit ton of gaps. Yeah. Filling in the gaps. Uh, William, I was talking to him. He he was surprised I had never heard this record. But he said that uh, the next one, Red, is, like, one of his favorite records of all time. Like, right. like he said, like, there's three King Crimson records that, like, defined his, like, like how he perceived music. And this was one of them. And uh, Red's the next one. So I'm hoping we'll be get listen to that. But yeah. Guys, fucking Fripp. Mm. And like I said before, like, yeah, he's a uh, ne- next few years. He's going to just pop up on uh, doing that whale and solo on heroes. And I don't think that he did anything like once King Crimson kind of like fell into itself. He he just stopped playing music altogether. Really? Yeah. Um, Why, Bobby Fripp? But then uh, came in and, like, just knocked that, like, uh, hero's riff out in, like, one take. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyways. I think I think one of my favorite parts is the ending of Easy Money. Seven minutes in, those... Those coming in. And then the violin and then the laughter at the end. Like, all of that just... Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. How can you eat pudding if you don't eat? They throw in <laughs> so many interesting little aspects that keep you interested, like throughout. Aspic? Yep. Oh. I just looked up a picture of Robert Fripp. He looks like a banker not approving oh, your loan. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to play that. He's just telling you what it's worth. <laughs> it's like, but this is your collateral. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a sour <laughs> sour, <laughs> sour Sally. Even when he's playing, yeah. oh yeah, he is always like in a tie. At one point, he, he always has those glasses and like a ponytail. He is the most. Uh, Even when he's young. Oh yeah, he's oh. just dour dude. Yep. Old. It's about the music, man. All right, what do we what do we think about this album? Uh, right, A plus plus. Yeah, I would recommend it to anybody. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not as deep into the Prague as some of y'all, but I, I also give it a positive. This is it's dense. Uh, it's going to take a few more listens for me, but it's there's some really cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go positive for it. it it's it's not approachable, <laughs> but uh, it has a lot to pull in someone who's probably about ready to pull out. You know, like you're listening to it and you're if you're not ready for the things that they're doing, it gives you enough little nuggets that you're like, oh, OK, here's another reward. I'm going to keep going. And it, and it makes the overall experience better. Yeah, I would say, too, if you're interested in like classical or avant garde, like Moondog and some of those other just kind of weird composers that have this sort of love Moondog. Yeah, interesting vibes of like banging on trash or just kind of uh, putting mellotrons over different aspects. It's 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 cool. It's really cool stuff. I'm so yeah, I'm really happy too that I listened to it this week and yeah, we got to this album because I wasn't digging deep into King Crimson. Like I had heard. <laughs> core of the crimson king and it was like yeah that's cool but obviously i was going down the sabbath uh led zeppelin path yeah. <laughs> not really digging into um there's still time to change the road you're on okay, exactly <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair moondog was blind and homeless banging on trash was one of his few options <laughs> well he didn't have a house to bang in so he banged on the trash <laughs> yeah total positive the all right, next time we'll be talking about The Whalers, Catch a Fire. Oh, that's oh. a really good one. All right, thanks, y'all. All completeness in the morning, asleep on your side. I'll be waking up the crewman, but none of would ride. She responds like a limousine, roars alive on a silent screen to the shuddering breath of yesterday. There's a sucker of the needy, incredible. I'll believe you in the future Your life and death